Yeah, welcome to Miracle Monday Nights, Radiant 17. Um, as we as we looking at uh, Shanatova, we're looking at 5784. And it's interesting, 5784 is the number that they believe, the year that we're in. And so, you know, the number five, the number five is grace. And, and it's the grace of God being, a fresh grace of God being given. And then the number seven is not just maturity, or or com or completion as it normally means but the number seven means rest as well and so on the seventh day after six man does, does a man work on the seventh day he rested or god created the earth heavens and earth in six days and on what on the seventh day he rested and so the number um seven is rest in this in this particular context so there's grace and then there's rest and then the number eight is new beginning it's the new beginning something breaking forth something new breaking forth on your behalf amen and then there's the number four and that number four means uh creation but it also means open door on the he on the hebraic calendar and so so the number fit five seven eight four and so with it meaning that there are going to be open doors that the heavens are going to be open to the children of god even more and not only are they going to be opened but they're in the natural in the practical they're going to be open doors they're going to be open opportunities they're going to be your eyes are going to you're going to see clearer you're going to see uh, with, with with such a clarity more than ever you're going to be able to hear from the Lord with clarity you're going the eyes of your heart is going to be able to proceive and understand with with such uh, with such with such the understanding of the Holy Spirit you're going to move and breathe in a very different way and 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 the Bible says this that as many or it says here the word in John 1 14 it says this it says that uh, the word was made flesh and dwelled among him and we beheld him as the as the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth it also said that in that passage it says as many as embrace him gave he the power in exchange to become the sons of God well we understand becoming sons of God isn't just uh, something that happened instantly but it is something that is happening and it's it's continued to happen it's continued so there's this constant embracing of Christ Jesus as he reveals himself in different ways or in different opportunities in your life the Bible says in um, Hebrews 1 um, it says that in different times God revealed um, himself to man in various different ways but in our day everything comes through Jesus and so Jesus reveals himself but he reveals himself for the purpose that you would embrace it and the moment you embrace it you become what you embrace are you hear what I'm saying you become what you embrace some of you are not fully embracing some of you are holding, trying to embrace Jesus with one arm, but you still got an arm over here. And when you think about embracing something, you have to fully embrace it, meaning nothing else is in your hand. You have let go everything and you are fully all in to embrace. Jesus said this, and this is a connecting scripture in Hebrews 12 and 1. It said, lay aside the sin and the weight that will so easily beset you or reset you. And when you think about stepping into something new, you have to lay aside the weight. That, that's the part where you have to examine yourself. You are examining yourself for the purpose to discover if there's any sin in your life that's derailing you, you need to get rid of it. If there's weights that you're carrying, what are weights? Weights are just uh, negative words, uh, trauma, things that you've been carrying on your shoulder or just even carrying family members on your shoulder that you shouldn't be carrying carrying things of others those things become weights and they weigh you down and they keep you from running effectively where whereas though i need to put these things into the hands of the lord the bible says commit uh bring my burdens cast them unto the lord and he shall sustain me and i won't be moved but i can if i continue to hold these burdens that weigh me down i'm going to be moved by everything that i'm holding on to are you hearing what i'm saying but when i place them in the hands of the man the, our savior then i won't be moved because in exchange he will give me steadfastness 
He will give me, he'll cause me to abide. I'll be able to see clearly. I won't feel as heavy as I'm walking this way. Some of you have gotten weary because of the weight. So he's asking in, 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 in Hebrews 12 and 1, it says to lay aside the sin and the weights that would so easily keep you from running this race efficiently, from easy keeping you from stepping into the open doors, taking the opportunities, moving into from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from work to work, whatever it is that God is doing in this moment, you um, um, you have to lay aside those things. And then the scripture goes on and says, it says here, let's just read it. I'm going to take you right there to um, um, Hebrews 11 because... If our Lord and Savior, who is our example, um, uh, walked it out before us, he left, he, left that, he left a legacy and he left an example how to do things. But he didn't leave us so we could start at square one. He left us, he left us where he finished. And he said, you can do what I did and do more in Jesus' name. So let's read this in uh, Hebrews 11. It says, wherefore, seeing we are all compassed about what great cloud of witnesses let us lay aside the weight and the sin that would so easily beset us let us run with patience the race that is set before us you have to endure you have to have endurance you got to take off your hundred sprint your hundred yard sprint shoes and you got to walk this thing out with the lord because this is a walk you've been invited into you are doing life with the most high matter of fact you're married to the most high you're in holy union doing life with him and so there's this walk that you're on this this marathon run that you're on is going to is is it requires you to have endurance to be able to endure and to be able to adapt and to be able to assimilate and change and shift as God is changing you from season to season. And so he says, let us run this way with patience, meaning not being frustrated because God didn't move when you wanted him to move. God didn't do the thing that you were that you felt you were ready to have. God didn't do this or God didn't do this or, or whatever didn't happen when it should have happened. We got to run this race. Why? Because James says this, let patience have its perfect work. That when it is done, you won't be lacking anything. If I don't run this race with patience, then I will at the at I will be lacking everything. Why? What do I mean by lacking everything? Because in patience, patience, the patient hands of the Lord are what? Developing our fruits of the spirit. And as it develops the fruits of the spirit, it makes it makes way for the gifts of the spirit to move. And, to, and for you to not be moved by the gift of the Spirit, for you to walk with such soberness, with such steadfastness, knowing that it is he that worketh the good work through you, it is not you that is powerful apart from Christ Jesus. And that you would get on the stage or that you would walk through a door and that you would stay in that space or stay in that opportunity because you got good fruit of the Spirit and not just moving in your gifts are you hearing what i'm saying and so for us to run effectively we got to allow patience to have its perfect work that means everything every place and everything that he's going to walk and take you through he's going to you're going to experience redemption you're going to experience healing you're going to experience deliverance you're going to experience him changing molding and shaping moving extracting lies out your head removing things that you've come to believe that you have what you have fully embraced. He's going to teach you to how to unbrace those things, let those things go, because the things that you are embracing is what you are becoming. And these things are contrary to what God says. And so when you hear the word of God, you want to embrace the word of God, but there's something there in your heart that's already in its space. And until you get it out, until it is evicted out, you won't be able to embrace the Lord like you should. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so it goes on and says here, it says, but looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto the one who is our example. Looking unto the one that walked it out and did it well and left an example for us to follow. It says, for who the joy that was set before him, he endured. And even endured the cross and despising the shame he sat down at the right hand of the father but his joy 
or the thing that God had set before him or the thing that the Lord had sent Christ Jesus for was to die for you and I. And he fully embraced it. He fully embraced the thing that he was called to do so that that which God wanted, the end result, us, are here today because of what Christ Jesus did. And at any point, if he decided not to fully embrace the will of God, and we find that and we see that in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prays three times. This is the Son of Man. This is, this is important. As a man, you need to see this because if you don't see this about him, you will think, oh, he tried, he did this as God. No, he did this as man. He was in the garden and he was travailing, prayed. The Bible says he prayed three times. Can you let this cup pass? And each time he would end with what? Not my will, but your will be done. And then he would go back again and he would go back and contend and pray. Why? Because there was a warring going on in his flesh. There was a weight that was being that was on him that was keeping him from stepping fully to run this race fully to step into what God had for him which was to give himself which was to die for us and the third time he comes to the Lord remove, remove this cup is there any other way father we can do this I don't want to die but nevertheless not my will but your will be done here's the interesting thing about that he in in that in that exchange three times that he goes to the father about this particular matter the bible says he tells his disciples he found them sleeping and he says get up wake up he said for the flesh is weak but the spirit is always willing the flesh is weak to what it wants the flesh is weak to what it wants to do the flesh doesn't the flesh is weak and it has this weakness for whatever the flesh wants to be satisfied by the Bible says in Romans 8 it says that the flesh does not want to do the will of God does not want to do anything does can't know the will of God does not desire the will of God at all so here we find Jesus the man warring fighting in himself some of you been fighting with yourself there's a part of you that wants to do the will of god and there's another part of you that doesn't and there's this struggle and he wanted to do the will of god and we see on the third time it is settled it is settled he had already crucified even though before he got on the cross he had already settled in his heart that this is what i'm going to do but the weight of the french and i believe as a man I just want to say it this way. The Bible doesn't point it out, but I want to take it a step further and wanted to say that Jesus was even concerned about, as a man, concerned about his friends that he walked with three and a half years. He was concerned about his mom. He was concerned about his brothers and sisters. He was concerned about the people that he had met along the way and the great friendships. He was concerned about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. These are his friends. He was concerned about them. They were weights, and he was knowing that if I go then I'm leaving this all behind. And sometimes some of us are going to step in places where you're going to have new surroundings, a new community, new things around you. And it's not that the old people were not good. It's just that God has got you going in one place, they go in another. Everybody here is about the Father's business, and we have to be okay with that. We have to fully understand that. And Jesus was carrying the weight of it. And then fighting and showing us in even in him in even in his own self the flesh not wanting to do the will of God much like some of us that have these challenges sometimes and Paul said Paul said in Romans 8 or Romans 7 oh wretched man that I am who can save me he says that the thing that I want to do I, I don't do, I do something else because I don't have it in my own strength to see this through. I don't have it in my own strength to accomplish this thing here except that I have the ability of Christ Jesus, except that I would have this grace 
on my life that enables me. That's why you can say, through Christ, I can do all things. Through Christ, I can do all things. And last I checked, you and Christ Jesus are walking in oneness, or you should. And if you're walking apart from the Lord, then that's why you are struggling, and that's why you are striving, and that's why you can't do any and everything. That's why you can't achieve like you can, because it is not apart from him. It's abiding in him. And when you abide in him, then you can do all things. You can uh, excel and move uh, in, in, in the things in the spirit. You can move through the doors and, and embrace and see the things that are coming because you are not moving in your own strength. So 5784 was the grace to enter into rest that I would embark on this new beginning that God is creating for me through these open doors, open opportunities, open things that are going to happen in this season. That's 5784. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. And so Jesus having to embrace. So the Bible says, as many as embraced him, gave he the power to become the sons of God. Question is, what are you fully embracing? There is an invitation to fully embrace him. But that requires you to let go of this. I can't keep sinning. I can't keep sleeping with my boyfriend. I can't keep looking at this or sleeping with my girlfriend. I can't keep doing these dumb things that are getting in the way that are derailing me. I got to let this stuff go. Because when I, if I do what I've always done, then I'll be where I've always been. That was those cycles. Are you hear what I'm saying? Cycles are things that you continue to do. And, and because you continue to do it, you will continue to be where you've always been. Because in, in Isaiah 43, 18, it says, it, says, it says that we have to let go of the former things. We have to let those former things go. We gotta, and the former things are what? The mindsets, the paradigms that we've developed that keep us in these cycles, that keep these familiar things that are unhealthy around us. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so as we move from season to season, our conformity is being broken. We're breaking away from what was and, and what was the norm to step into the new example, the new breed of uh, the new example, which is Christ Jesus. No longer shedding that skin of the old man Adam, but fully moving and breathing in the second man Adam, who is a quickening spirit, who is a life-giving force, who is Christ Jesus, our Savior. But it requires that you would embrace him as many as embrace him. He gave them sonship. You want more identity? Keep embracing Jesus. Embrace what he places in front of you because the more you embrace him, you will identify as a son. The orphan will, will start to die. The orphan mindset will start to leave as you embrace sonship. Because if you're part of a kingdom, then you got to understand what it is to walk like royalty. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so there's this, there's this embracing of five seven eight four there's this embracing of what christ jesus is revealing to each and every one of you in this moment he's revealing his nature he's revealing something about himself to you afresh for you to embrace as you step into this new thing there is a corporate embracing but there is an individual uh, on the macro and the micro level, there are embracings because we're all moving. We're all working out our salvation with fear and trembling. We're all walking with him in this, at this, at this, at this pace that causes us to endure. So I, I want to encourage you, you that are on here, and even those that are going to listen, that you would be all in. And I believe what is stopping you from fully embracing him is the unsurrendered areas of your life is the unsurrendered areas because why 
as we move from grace to grace, faith to faith, we become more surrendered afresh unto him. We become more surrendered. There are more things that we bring under the mighty hand of the Lord. And as you bring it under the mighty hand of the Lord, it will not, it will cease to be an access point for the enemy. It will cease to be an access point for the devil to come in. Because why? What he used to be able to do, he can't do anymore because you brought that part under, under the Lord. Whether it is finances, you got you can't be trusted with finances. It rules you. You're up under that spirit of mammon. The moment you surrender and bring it up under the Lord, the enemy can't come that way. If it's a man or it's a woman, whatever it is that has a hold on you, that is not just sin, but it's a weight that you're carrying. The moment you bring it into the hands of the one, he has a better way to bring about the things that you desire in your heart. He has a better way that is healthy and that leads to life. And it, and it is a blessing and it won't be a curse. It won't bring any sorrow. It'll be good unto you because everything he does is good. But in order for you to really fully embrace, we want to look at the soil of your heart tonight. We want to look at that and that's it. We want to take a look at that in Matthew chapter 13. And it, and it reads in chapter 13, verse 1, and it says this. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the seaside. And a great multitude was gathered together unto him so that when he was, went into the ship, he sat down and the whole multitude sat down on the shore. And Jesus began to speak a parable unto them. It says, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he had sowed, some seeds fell on the wayside. And the fowls came and devoured them up. Some seeds fell upon the stony ground where they had no, not much earth. And, for, and, and, uh, and what it sprung up, the seeds sprung up. And, and because of that, there was no depthness. And so they, it, they, they failed in that. Okay, let's keep going to verse 6. It says here, it says, And when the sun was up, it scorched it because they had no roots. So it withered away. Verse 7, it says, And some fell among the thorns. And and the and the and the, and, the, and the and the seed sprung up, and the thorns choked it. But then some fell on the good ground, and the good ground gave forth a hundred, sixty, and thirty fold. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church, or let the Spirit says unto God's people. And so when you look at when you look at the first ground, the first soil, the reason why we're looking at soil tonight, because whether you are at the beginning of a new season, whether you're in the middle, there are things that you desire in your heart. There are things that God desires in his heart to see done in this season. But it is what that is, it is what is planted in your heart is actually the thing that's going to be realized. I'm going to say it again. There are things that you dream about or are thinking and really want to achieve in a new season or even in the, in the middle. There are things that God wants. But all, the only thing that's going to be realized is the thing that is planted in your heart. That is key. Your heart will determine whether you succeed or whether you fail, whether you get to this space or whether you fall short. Your heart, what's planted in your heart will determine even how you see things. Will you handle money like you used to handle money and just spin it, spin it, spin it? Or will you handle it a different way after you repent and ask God to help you? Uh, I want to be a better steward. Will you still steward the same way, the things of God that God has entrusted? Will you still go and hang out in the same places that you used to? Will you still do these things? Because if you are doing these things, then it says that there are some things in your heart that need to be uprooted and put out. Because if you don't, you will continue to do the dumb things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the seeds of life that need to get in there to construct. I'll tell you this. The Bible says this in Hebrews uh, Hebrews, um, Hebrews 11. It says this. In the, it, says, uh, it says, faith. It says this, it says, uh, 
It says this. It says, uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things now seen. By it, the elders obtained a good report because of faith. It says, by faith, this is Hebrews 11 and 3, Yahweh spoke the worlds, with an S, plural, into existence by what? His words. He spoke them into existence by his words. Or better yet, by seeds. He, seeds were released from his mouth and it hit and it planted and it hit the earth and it became trees. It became animals. It became uh, herbs. It became whatever he said, seed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he spoke these seeds and these seeds took on life. The word of God itself is a book of seeds that has the ability to fitly frame and change and convert your life into the life that, that Christ Jesus had in mind or what he's given his life for. If we will allow the seeds to get in to do what needs to be done, but that would require you to be a good gardener and a good steward to steward your heart well by going in to what? Pull out. If you're going to plant something in your garden and your garden is not prepped and ready to receive seeds to plant for whether it's fruit trees or roses or, or whatever you want to plant. If you have not tilled the ground, if you have not turned the soil, not moved the rocks and moved the things that would hinder hinder that seed from really taking root then you will then you will if you throw seeds into a ground that's not prepared guess what nothing will happen you have to prepare that ground and get it ready so as what god does is as he takes us from season to season and from from glory to glory and from moment to moment it's this preparation preparing your heart to receive so that you can Fully run this race with patience, but also be able to embrace the thing that Christ Jesus is revealing. I want to reveal that about, I want to embrace this about Jesus, but I don't want to let this go. There is a constant yielding and a constant surrendering and a constant dethroning things so that you can enthrone Christ Jesus. He is not fully enthroned in your life like he wants to because that requires you to be willing to allow him to come in. He stands at the door knocking at every hardened area of your heart to allow him to come in. He stands there knocking, hoping that you will let him in because the moment he comes in, he then can what? The Bible says he'll sup with you. And then what? That which is in its place can be kicked out and he can be enthroned. But that's in part, that's that's where we're talking about embracing him. He's after the soil of your heart because it is it, what's in your heart that will dictate and determine whether you will get to the next destination point, whether you will accomplish the goals that you've set, whether you would do the things that you've set out to do. We got to till our heart. And so he says, some seeds that were sown fell by the wayside and I, i'm going to read i'm going to read luke's luke's account because luke's account it might be a little bit more um luke's account might be a little bit more in depth amen yeah i, I do want to read this turn to luke chapter 8 beginning at verse 11 and he gives uh clarity on what he uh shared about the parable in verse 10 or verse 9 the disciples asked and he says unto them what the parable meant unto you it is for you it is for you to know the mysteries so jesus tells them of the kingdom of god and i'm telling you it is unto you it is for you to know the mysteries of god it is for you to know these things it is not for these things to remain hidden before christ it was hidden but because we are one with him, nothing is hidden from him, so it's not to be hidden from us. And so we are to know, all you have to do is ask, the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So it's, it's freely given if you ask. If you don't ask, you won't have. 
let's keep let's go ahead and read it says it's for you to know the mysteries of god but others in the parable they see that they might not see they're hearing that they might not hear he's talking about the other people the children of israel because there is a veil over their heart because it is a veil of disobedience it's them uh continuing to carry on in their own willing way so that when and they're continuing to embrace their own self they're continuing to embrace self over god they're continuing to choose self over relationship and the will of god and because they choose this and because they continue to choose this and continue to go after what they wanted as opposed to god guess what when christ jesus came he did not come the way they viewed him to come they had their own preconceived thought as to what it was going to look like when he showed up do you know and this is just a side note Isaiah 53 describes the suffering Messiah. There, still to this day, there are Jews that won't read Isaiah 53. Why? Because Isaiah 53 validates uh, that Jesus already came already, and they can't handle that. It validates the suffering Messiah that came and that they rejected. And it's because it's a veil of our heart. So when Jesus said they have eyes, but they can't see, they have ears, but they can't hear, they have a heart, but they can't understand, is because it's been veiled by them constantly rejecting truth and embracing a lie. Rejecting truth and embracing a lie. Rejecting truth and embracing a lie. Sounds familiar? Some of us are told the truth about things in our life and we embrace we we reject it instead of embracing it because what you embrace you become so if you reject truth and you embrace the lie then whatever the lie says that's what you become and then now the challenge is to undo that lie to get you free and you can't quote the scripture the, the truth the truth that i know makes me free it won't make you free if you're in bed with a lie if you have continued to keep your conformity if you continue to keep your uniform that links you to this world and you've not broken your conformity as romans 12 says be not conformed to this world meaning give up your uniform that mark you and it made you look like the world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind your mind is only renewed when you got the seeds of life when you got the word of god which is the seeds of life that has that is able to fitly frame the word the world that God or the life that God wanted you to have through his word if you embrace the word his will will take shape and form in your life what he desired for you the people you're going to meet the places you're going to go it's all in the word it's all in the seat of life goes on and says this in verse 11 it says now the parable is this the seed is the word of God. Seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear the word, then come then comes the devil. They hear the word, but the devil comes. The moment the word is released, the devil comes. There's a great example of that in the Bible. The Bible says that John uh, uh, beheld Jesus coming as the Lamb of God that would take the sins of the world away. And Jesus said, I'm coming to be baptized. And John didn't want to baptize him, but he went ahead and baptized him. The moment Jesus went down in the water and comes out, the Father, what? Affirms Jesus out loud for not only those in the natural and those in the spirit to hear who he is. This is who? My beloved son, hear him. The moment he proclaimed that and said that, guess who came running? The devil. Because the Bible says as he came out of the water, he was led of the spirit to go where? Into the wilderness. And, and to go where? Into the wilderness for who? For the enemy to come. So the Bible says that, that some are by the wayside. And then comes the devil. To what? Come and take the word out of their hearts. Unless they should believe and be saved. That's what he was doing with Jesus. He was coming after that word that said he is a son. He is the son of God. And, and when he went after Jesus, what did he say? If you're truly the son, make these bread in the stone. If you're truly the son, throw yourself off the pinnacle of the church. You know the angels will grab you before you dash your feet upon the stone. 
I mean, he's going after that word. Some of you have received prophetic words, see, received things, words of knowledge of prophetic words, or even scripture jumped out and you begin to embrace it. But the moment you embraced it, here comes the enemy coming at you to go after the word you received. He's going to go after it. Why does he want it? Because if you believe that word, if you embrace that seed and it gets planted here, guess what's going to happen? You will be saved. You will become what you embrace. He doesn't want you to become what you embrace. He wants you to stay where you've always been so that you can do what you've always done and so that you can live a miserable life and die is what he wants. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Some of your friends are agents of the enemy he's using to go after those words because the devil won't come himself. He'll send people. Can I tell you why? When he went at Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, he went one-on-one -on -one and he lost. Why? Because it was Jesus could see him coming. The, part of the devil's deception is that he it, it is disguised. What he's trying to do is hidden. It's disguised. It's covered up. It's wrapped really nice. Because if you see the ugly monster, you won't jump in. Of course, I've known some crazy people to do that. Jump right in still with the crazy mama, but most of you won't jump in. You see the monster, you're not jumping in. No, 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 that's a monster. But if it's wrapped like a handsome man, got it all together, so to speak, or a, a fine young lady, or, or even, or even the, the, whatever your dream is, whatever it is, because he wants to offer you stuff so that he can ensnare you and have your soul. Hence, some of these people in Hollywood that we need to pray for that have sold their soul to the enemy. He offered them fame, fortune, money, and what? They said yes, and he, in exchange, he got their soul for what God could have given them. But no one wants to trust God or wait on God because God takes too long. The Lord takes you through the process to prepare you so that what he gives you doesn't crush you and kill you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so he goes after that seed. He goes after that seed. I want that seed. So some of you on here have experienced that. Having to contend for the seed. Having the challenge of listening to the enemy after God just spoke to you. And forfeiting what he's giving you to go his way instead of Yahweh. And there's been this fight. But he comes to them that are wayside. And if your heart is like them of the wayside, the Bible says this. It said he comes to take it away unless you would believe. That's what the birds meant. What do birds do? When you throw seed out on the grass, when you seed your grass so that more grass can grow, you have to be careful of what? The birds. The birds will come and find the seeds and what? Eat the seeds. In the story, the birds represent the enemy. Coming to find the seeds of life that God has spoken to you or that what you have studied and embraced. And he's coming to what? To take it out of your heart. Well, how can he take that out of your heart? Except it has no roots. That's why he can take it. Because you have not allowed it. I'll put it this way. The word is here. When he, God speaks of the heart, he speaks of the, the, uh, the mind and the heart. The mind is the receiving area to receive the information, to receive the seeds. And what happens here determines whether that gets planted here. And if it gets planted here, it gets rooted and it becomes something. It, it has the ability to change and to change the world externally as well as internally if you, uh, if you embrace it. Some of us have a lot of word up here. You have a lot of information. You have a lot of head knowledge. You have a lot of stuff that is filled here, but you have not processed it. You have not made a decision as to whether you truly believe well, what's being said about what you receive. You've left it here thinking it's okay. I could just come back to this anytime. No, you can't. Because if you leave it here, the enemy will come and take it out of there. And he will allow something else to be planted there. And you will receive that. When you don't receive truth, 
whether you, well, you, you'll say to me, well, it's not that I rejected it. I just had, I had made a decision. That's the difference of standing before the judge and the judge says, um, are you guilty or do you plead uh, no contest? Well, you know, when you plead no contest, that means the same as being guilty. It's just you giving you an out, but not really giving you an out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so when you choose to do that, you're still rejecting truth and you have opened yourself up to receive the lie because he's coming to take that seed, but he's going to come and take the seed and offer you something else in place of that seed to keep you what? Satisfied temporarily. But it's a false satisfaction that will lead to nothing because the seeds of life lead to life and that more abundantly. The seeds of the wicked one lead to death, destruction, and things being stolen from you because that's just what he's about. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so we, we're going to keep going. We go to the next one. And so it says in verse 13, it says, and they that were on the rock, seeds that fell on the rock, they which are that heard the word, received the word with joy. <coughs> Excuse me. Received the word with joy, but had no roots, which for a while believed, but in times of temptation or times of circumstances, they fell away. You receive the word. You receive the word of the Lord. You receive the word that jumped out in your Bible study time. And you're like, yeah. It's in your heart. It's in your mind. And you and you just about made that decision to let it be planted here. To let it be planted here. But guess what? You have not stewarded your ground right. Because why are rocks in your garden? Shouldn't the rocks, if you tilled your ground, shouldn't the rocks been pulled out? Yes. The rocks should have been removed. There should be nothing but rich, good soil to receive the seed. So you embrace it and you let the seed get planted here. And you're receiving with joy because you feel the joy of the Lord. You feel, and which is the fruit of the Spirit. Anything that comes from God will carry the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit being love, peace, joy. If you'll feel that. And so you feel it, you're excited, you feel empowered, you're ready to run. But the problem is, in your heart, you got rocks there. And them rocks are not Jesus, because I know he is the rock, but them rocks represent the weights that you are carrying. These things that you're carrying in your rocks have become stones that have caused your ground to not be good. Soil. You can't bury seed into soil that is not rich and ready to receive it. If, this, if you have not sifted that, that soil to get rid of the stuff so that you got just nothing but good, dark, fresh dirt, that seed won't take root. And so guess what happened? Because you decide to not be a good steward and steward your heart, you left the rocks there. And then you're going to take the seeds of life and plant it with all that stuff. Guess what happened? Let's read. Let's read what happened. It says, then what? Something happened. Temptation. Circumstances happened. And you fell away. Why? Because the rocks and the other stuff that is in the soil of your heart, they're in the soil of your heart. And that which is in the soil of your heart is what you're going to move and breathe and do. The seed that had not taken root yet has no influence over you. All it did was excite you, uh, make you overwhelmingly happy. You're just, you're flabbergasted, if I could say that, about what God's going to do. But what? But between the time God released that word and the time it actually manifests in your life, you are met with circumstances that come. And if that seed that you receive from him is not planted in the soil of your heart, it doesn't have roots guess what then what does have roots or what does what is planted in the soil of your heart is what you're going to give 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 away to so when circumstances come things happen that seed that was loaded with hope and loaded with faith 
Because the Bible says faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And the way faith is built is not just reading a word, it's the word of God revealed. When you get revelation, and that's what rhema word is. When you receive a prophetic word or the word jumps out, you are receiving from the logos uh, rhema. And that rhema word is revelation that is revealing Christ Jesus in the form of what's being said in that scripture. And as you embrace it, what he what he's revealing, that's what's going to happen. Take shape and form of your life. That's what you're going to become. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But if there are other things that are there and your soil is not prepared, guess what? That seed will sit on the top of that soil. And when circumstances are there and happen, at the first moment that something happens, or something happens on your job, something happens with the family, the faith that you would have had because of that seed, you don't have. Because the seed never took root. Let's keep going. Move on to verse 14. And it says, That which fell among the thorns are they which have heard the word go forth and are choked up with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of what? This life. And they bring no fruit to perfection. Hmm. So the next group hears the same prophetic word, revelation, however it is. They, they're ready to receive the seed of life. They receive it. It gets there. But guess what? The seed of God takes second uh, fiddle to the cares, to the desires, and to the things that you want in your heart. And so... The, word, the seed of life and what you want and what you desire and the cares of this world and all the things you're worried about, the things that you desire, all these things that are here in your heart, that word, the seed has to compete for it. It's competing to take root. It's competing for life. Because the soil, if you prepare the soil, the seed can what? Change and begin to allow what life to come forth. Without any good soil, no room to breathe like some things i'll give you an example there are some plants you can buy that'll stay in a pot and as long as you take care of them they'll grow 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 there are some plants that that start out in a pot but they end up they need to end up being parted planted in your garden or your backyard are you hearing what i'm saying and then there's some things that just need to be planted in the yard but they need big enough space the capacity to be able to host them so that they can reach what their full potential and so some of you will just say it in relationships. You've chosen relationships that have put you in a pot but does not have the capacity to allow you to grow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so because he or she does not have the capacity to receive you, to host you, guess what? You don't really grow. You suffocate. You die. The pot that you're planted in is choking you out. Because why? You are a type of plant that is not supposed to stay in a pot. You're meant to be planted in the yard, in the backyard, where you got plenty of room to what? Sprout your roots and grow. Grow up high and grow down deep. But because you're not planted in that place, and the person didn't read the right, the read the instructions, or was nonchalant, or whatever the reason was that they didn't take care of that particular plant, that plant will choke and die in the pot when it should have been planted in the backyard same thing here he's saying here the seeds of life is competing with what the cares of this life what you are more care what you care about more the riches your 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 pursuit of having it all together wealth riches clothes money like like matthew 6 33 says take no thought for what you eat what you wear where you live because what your father knows what you have need of but these people allow that to rule them. I'm working so I can get better. I'm working so I can do this. I'm working so I can do this. So the careless life, the rich pursuits, your desires, pleasures, your desires. Take more precedent than the seeds of life that have the capacity to host you, to fitly frame and build the world you're supposed to live, the life you're supposed to live. And build the world to be able to host the life that you're supposed to live. And draw the people that are that'll come alongside to help you live the life you're supposed to live. Because they're ready to embrace you. They see you and they see you where you're going. 
But if you have no transformation, then what you have familiar will always draw the ones that doesn't support the new things that you're doing. It only supports the things that they deem worthy to be supported. And when you try to get ahead, you're here. Oh, you think you're better than us. You think you, you think you got it all together. Oh, you think you're more holy than us. And it's the way you make you feel bad so that you'll be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm so sorry. I need to be just like you. No. I'm called to be like Jesus, not like my fellow brother. And I need to help my fellow brother come and be like Jesus with me. But if I choose them over the Lord, then the seed that God has planted will be choked out by what? My inability, my bad stewarding, because I didn't steward it, and me not valuing the seeds of life. I value the things that I want. I value my way. I value my desires over the word of God. And because the word of God had to compete with that, the ground again is not tilled has to compete with all these other things that are planted there, it gets choked out and it dies. It, it never, I won't say it dies, it never becomes a reality is what it is. Because the word of God can't die, it's, it's eternal. But God's word can never become what it needs to become in your life. It can never fitly frame the things in your life that it needs to do. It can never draw the people that it's supposed to do. It can never take you to the places that you're supposed to do. It can never renew your mind like it was intending to because it was not embraced. And because it was not embraced, this individual not did not get the experience the goodness of God in the land of the living because other things took precedence. And we know the last ground, but if you're the good ground, it says here, but that which is on good ground are they which in honesty, which are honest and they have a good heart, having heard the word, kept it. They heard the word and they kept it and they brought forth fruit with patience because fruit does not come overnight fruit comes at the right time the seasons when you plant something it's going to come and be ready at the appointed time whether it'll take two months three months whatever it whatever it is if it's something that needs to be planted in the in the what in the early spring so it can come later whichever it is there's a set time in which it it dies and it bears fruit but it's going to take you enduring and trusting god to see that through because if you want things fast then fruit from god you will you will never see because fruit from god uh, requires you to be patient requires you to endure requires you requires uh, you to allow God to do what needs to be done and it's not to say God gonna take a hundred years to do what needs to be done no but we all know that his timing is the best timing and that everything he brings you through he is preparing you for every level for every space that you walk in God is always preparing you if you walk but most importantly it's your father wanting to walk with his children and show them the way of life, show them how to do things. It's like a natural, it's like if you see the picture of a father who takes a kid to the park, he's showing them things, he's sharing life experience, he's teaching them things. That's what your father in heaven wants to do with you. The moment you said yes to Jesus, that's what he's wanted to do. That's what he's been desiring to do. But he's been in competition with stuff that is already planted in your heart. Your heart was made for the Holy Spirit. Your heart was made for the Word. You want the Word to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path? Well, you first got to hide the Word of God in your heart that you won't sin against Him. But if you hide, but if but then if you hide the Word of God in your heart, you got to have space to hide it. If you got other stuff there, you won't be able to hide God's Word there. So the first thing is we need to be good stewards to till this ground and get the things out. Remove the sin and the weight that would keep us
from running this race with what? Patience. And it would not only keep us from running this race with patience, it would also stop us from being like our example, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him embraced the cross. He embraced the very thing that he was here for. God wants, our Father in heaven wants each and every one of you who had, were born for a reason, who have been sent here on the earth for a purpose. There is a central theme, there is a thing that you are to embrace, that you are to become, and people are going to be blessed by this. The more you embrace Christ Jesus, the more your sonship is realized. The more that orphan spirit dies, and the more the sons arise. And so this embracing of Christ Jesus is what you need because who he is is what we are. Everything he is, we are here on earth. But that cannot be realized if the seeds of life are not planted and fully embraced where they can take root in our hearts, if our hearts are not tilled to pull the stuff out that would take away from it or choke it out or cause the well, God's word to be none effect. That's what Jesus told him. He said, he told the Pharisees, they believe your, your philosophy. They believe your wisdom. They believe all the stuff that you say and you make the word of God that is life, none effect. Because they believe what you say that has no life on it. So in order for us to fully embrace this new grace to enter into more rest, to step into this new beginning or this new thing that God has created as we walk through the open doors. If you have not done this, you won't be able to embrace this. Right now, as I'm getting ready to line this plane, we are in the 10 days of awe. There are 10 days that happen between uh, Shana Tova, which is Rahash Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, or the Feast of Trumpets, that happened, uh, that uh, goes on between uh, Yom Kippur, there are 10 days. And in those 10 days are the days of awe, and those are the days of examination. Examining themselves, looking at oneself, and going through and saying, man, I want that out of my heart. I'm moving that out of my heart. That was a good thing. I'm going to embrace that. I want the doing the work that needs to be done so that when we fully step into the next feast, which is coming on the 25th, a week from today, we will be ready to step into this new thing, this new way that God has set up for you. And so tonight, this thought tonight is to provoke you not to do life the way you've been doing it, not to keep doing the things you've been doing. This is not condemnation. This is just truth from the place of love being shared with you to encourage you, to empower you, to be better. Because if they truly love you, then they're going to give you the truth because truth has the ability to change you. Your, good, your compassion and your well wishes has no ability to change your fellow man. Not at all. It's the truth of God that's going to set them free if they embrace it. And sometimes people don't want to be set free because why? They still want to be doing the things that they're doing. And when you speak in love to them about the things that you're doing, they like to say that you're judging me. Only God can judge me. No, 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 I'm not judging you. You are rebellious and you don't want to receive truth. And because you have rejected truth, there's a lie that you have embraced. And therefore, there's a veil over your heart. There's a veil over your eyes. There's a veil over your ears. And if you stay that place... It will consume you. The delusion will have its way and you will fully believe another if he comes in his own name. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray tonight, Lord, that you, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would fully see the fresh wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who you are, what you are revealing in this moment, what you are making known to each and every person on here. Lord, that you would cause their eyes to see it. You would cause them to see it and believe it. You would cause them to see it and believe it and trust it and let it be planted. I pray that you would teach them 
how to steward their heart for out of it are the issues of life or the way of life that you have for them father i pray that they would their hearts would be a place that the seeds of god would take shape and form that that your word can transform and fitly frame the life that you had in mind for each and every one of them on here father i pray today that you would lead them and guide them and that you would keep them and I pray that you would continue to affirm, to affirm their sonship. They are sons and daughters. They are sons and daughters. And I, would, I pray that you would teach them how to be such a good steward that they guard their hearts. And they don't compromise or they don't allow the seeds of life to get washed away or to never take shape and form. Father, I plead the blood over each and every one of them. And I pray that in this season that they would move and breathe in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And that their discernment would be sharp. To know what's flesh, what's God, and what's the enemy. That they would truly embrace the Holy Spirit who is there to lead them and guide them in all truth and show them, reveal to them all things to come. Father, I thank you for this time to feast on your word to shift their paradigm, to shed the light on the thing that would be in the way that they can uproot it, get it out, and plant your word there. We thank you for this time, and we thank you for the opportunity to feast on your word, the true bread of heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.